Welcome to this message from Port Life Church. Our goal is to bring life to the Port community and beyond. And our hope is that this message will inspire and encourage you today. Well, good morning. Yes, we are uh, currently doing our No Genuinely series and we've been looking at keeping it real with different uh, groups of people. Josh last week spoke on keeping it real with God. Uh, if you didn't get uh, to see that message, I would encourage you to go back and have a look. It was a great message encourages, encouraging us in how we can seek to be real with God and know him genuinely. This week, I'm looking at keeping it real with the church. And when I say the church, I don't mean the actual building, of course. I mean the people in the building, the church, the people, our fellow Christians all across the the world, but specifically um, those in your local community that you were planted in, so your local church. Maybe today you're here and you're visiting from out of town, so I'm talking about your local church from wherever you are from, but of course, specifically talking about Port Life here, us as a church as well. So being real with our fellow believers and Christians, the people that we sit next to in the aisles, the people that we have coffee with afterwards, the people uh, that we see uh, here at this church. And I've got a question to kick us off today, and that question is, who likes having people over at their house? Hands up if you're an entertainer, you like doing it. Man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people saying no, they're not keen on that. <laughs> I thought a lot of people would be like, yes, no, okay, hold on, just put those hands up a little bit again. I w- now hands up if you didn't put your hand up. <laughs> Want to shame those people? No, not really. Some, some of us are born to do the whole entertainer thing at the house, some not so much. I... Uh, don't mind having people at the house. I think Kirsty and I don't mind it as a general rule, but there's a big part of it that I hate. The pre-clean. <sighs> the clean that we must do before anyone lays eyes on the inside of our house. You know the one. As you're doing it, it's rushed. Half the time you're trying to dodge the dog because he's getting in the way of the vacuum or he's scared and he goes from one room to another and you're like, now I need to vacuum that room and then he's got to go back to the other room. But then he just re-messes up that room. If you've got kids, every room you clean, they then mess it up as you clean the rooms, right? And you're like, can we all just hold it together for one second until our guests get here? But the thing is with this clean, when we do this clean, this is us lying to you. We are just, and it's an acceptable lie, but we are lying to you. This clean is to make you think that we have our lives together. This clean is to trick you into thinking that we don't live like animals. As if there wasn't grass, hair, toys, dirt, other liquids and things, even just moments before you arrived, those things were there. But no, we now have this clean house. Hello. Nice to see you. Come in. (laughs) What this produces, the tidy house, is essentially a fake, isn't it? It's not real. It's an accepted fake, but it is fake. We all like to present clean and tidy houses to people when they come over, right? No one really wants to present a dirty house. But how do you know if you've gone to the next level of friendship, relationship with us, with me and Kirsty? I tell you, you know if we have you around and the house is not clean, the house is not, this is especially true of my wife. If, if you come around to our house and the house is not clean and the house is not tidy, you know we must be homies, <laughs> right? If the house is messy and untidy, that is us being real with you. That is us saying this is us, this is how we live 
And we do that knowing that if you come around into our messy place, because we've got a golden retriever who just seems to be constantly shedding and, a, you know, a three-year-old who's also constantly shedding. Um, <laughs> if you come around into that state, we know that not only is our house messy and a little bit embarrassing, but a bit of that mess is going to get on you too. <laughs> because you're going to sit on the couch, our dog's going to come up to you being like, hello. <laughs> you're going to get slobber on you. You're going to get hair on you. You're going to get, and that's just from Evie. Then you're also going to get slobber and hair on you from the dog and maybe some other stuff that he's got on him as well. Okay, so when you come into our house, some of that mess is going to get on you as well. And that's because, and this is what I want to hone in on today, when things get real, they get messy. When things get real, they get messy. And you know, in the Bible, it's similar. The Bible tells us it's similar in our relationships within the church. When it gets real, it gets messy. We can all put on the Sunday smile, can't we? But when it gets real, it gets messy. In the first century AD, a guy called the Apostle Paul, here's a photograph of him. <laughs> he was a hero. I took that. He was a hero in the faith and he wrote to a troubled church in a Roman province called Galatia. We read this letter. It's the letter to the Galatians if you've noticed that before in your Bibles. And this was a church that was struggling with division over the Old Testament Jewish laws, specifically which ones Christians were still required to follow. They were having all these arguments and disagreements, which ones were meant to follow, which ones were not. A group, kind of this rogue, uh, mean, awful group had come in, this bossy group called the Judaizers had come in, and they were trying to convince these people, hey, you need to be following these laws or those laws or this law or that law. And this led to fractured relationships among the believers in this church as they became more concerned with getting things right or at least being seen to get things right because turns out it wasn't right at all, but they became more concerned with getting things right than being real with one another. And so after tackling the theological issues, Paul begins his conclusion by saying this now famous line, Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfil the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, what's missed if you're reading this verse in isolation is the pointedness of Paul here. When he says, fulfill the law of Christ, he's actually been quite pointed because a short time earlier in this very same letter, Paul had written in Galatians 5.14, for the whole law, that is the whole Old Testament law they were having division over, the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that was a known teaching of Jesus. Who's ever heard love your neighbor as yourself before? I think even if you're not familiar with church circles, you've probably heard that before. Love your neighbor as yourself is a familiar teaching of Jesus. Jesus' own brother, when he was writing to churches as well, referred to it as the royal law. But here, to bring home his point, Paul refers to it as the law of Christ the law of Christ. And so why that's pointed when you think about it is Paul's just been saying, hey guys, you have been so obsessed with getting all these other laws correct that aren't even necessary for the Christian faith anymore. Meanwhile, you've lost sight of the one main law, singular law, which is necessary. You're obsessed with all these laws that aren't necessary, but you've forgotten this one law, which is necessary. That is to love your neighbor. So Paul's really having a dig at him here. 
And while that word neighbour can refer to all people, we know from later on in Galatians 6 that Paul is talking about especially those in the family of faith, especially those that you're sitting next to here today. So in Galatians 6.2, he's, he's laying down a challenge to this fractured church. He's laying down the challenge. He's saying, you want to be real followers of Jesus? You want to fulfill the law truly? Well, you need to carry one another's burdens. In other words, you want to talk the talk? You need to walk the walk. And you know, the same challenge of burden carrying is still before us today. I'm just going to ask a couple of my friends to come up and, and Emily, if you can bring some stuff up for me too. See, in context, Paul here, just forget them for a moment. Hey, buddy. In context, in Galatians 6.2, where he's saying, bear one another's burdens, carry one another's burdens, Paul is actually initially talking about restoring people who are stuck in sin. Right, So that's the actual context of what Paul is saying. He's saying, when people are stuck in sin and they're repentant Christians in your community, bring them in and, and restore them and help them and guide them, bear their burden, bear that burden of sin and shame. Because people, you know, you know what it's like when you sin, when you feel like you're caught in sin, but you're repentant, you still feel like, oh man, I'm a bad Christian. I suck. Why do I even try? And he's saying, get around those people and help them. But that principle of carrying each other's burdens applies more broadly as well. Because every single one of us has burdens that we carry. Every single one of us. Life baggage that can inhibit our faith walk. Things we like to tidy, like the mess in our house. Come here, Reeves. <laughs> Things like, some of this may get on the stage, but it's washable, Josh. <laughs> Family issues. Health struggles. Financial pressures. Parenting stress and parenting guilt. None of that. <laughs> Broken relationships, missed opportunities. Come here, Tim. Worries. That's a big one. That's a really big one. Worries about the future. Worries about the past. Feeling like, whoop. Feeling like you're worthless. Sorry, that's because I'm so shaky too. Feeling like you're worthless. Feeling like you're not good enough. You don't measure up. Thanks, mate. But then there's also loneliness. There's also work stress, work struggles, feeling like you're not good enough to be in the locations and the places and the spaces that you're in, and the list goes on and on and on. The general worries, cares, and concerns that each and every single one of us carry with us. And I don't know about you, but man, these burdens can be tough to carry alone. Having to have these in the behind the scenes and carrying them alone is really, really tough. And maybe you're here this morning and you've walked in here today, maybe there was a burden that you're carrying in your life and it almost prevented you from even coming here this morning. Maybe you were like, man, I really just do not want to go to that place today and put on the Sunday smile and pretend I'm okay because the fact is I'm not. Maybe you've walked in here this morning and you are carrying a burden or burdens that feel too hard to bear. And you know, this is exactly why we need the accountability 
and support of mutual burden sharing like what Paul called the Galatian church too. But guess what? It can't happen unless we're real with each other. If all we present is a fake clean house approach to all our family of believers here, other Christians, this whole burden sharing thing doesn't work. If I just cover up, it'll wash out. It's okay. (laughs) All the OCD people are like, ah. If all I do is cover up, if you turn around, boys, if all we do is present that, no one even knows we've got burdens that need carrying and sharing, do they? It's only when we open up and go, you know what? I've got some stuff. I've got some burdens that need bearing. It's only once we allow others into our untidy life to support us and we are willing to enter someone else's untidy life to support them that this burden sharing thing works. And in time, as we do this, our burdens are shared. (laughs) Just want to linger on that a bit longer. (laughs) And what weighed one of us down, now we carry together. All right, that's enough. (laughs) Thanks, boys. You can sit down. Let's give them a round of applause. When we do this, as we let people into our untidy life and we wade into theirs, do we get a little bit messy? Because when things get real, they get messy. Remember and think of Jesus entered our messy world. Jesus entered our messy lives and bore our burden on the cross. In Isaiah, it says that God laid on him the sins and iniquity. That means all the sins, all the shame, all the awful stuff. He laid all of that on Jesus instead of it being counted against us. In Romans, it says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know what that means? It means he didn't go, hmm, maybe I'll wait for them to get 90% of the way good. And then I'll come the remaining 10. I can deal with the 10% of mess. I just can't deal with the 90. No, Jesus said, I'm going to come to the world before they are even good enough, before they've done any pre-cleaning whatsoever of their lives. And I'm going to die for them. I'm going to take upon them, take upon me their burden. This is what Jesus did for us. And so in burden carrying, in burden sharing, we not only fulfill the law of Christ, as Paul said, but we also model Jesus We model Jesus' life and what he did for us. It is good news, I promise, even though there's some crying going on. It is good. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. I've kind of spoken in general terms about keeping it real with each other, but what does keeping it real look like practically? What does keeping it real look like practically? Well, to answer that question, I first need to tell you what it doesn't look like because I think that's important as well. So I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. It's not an exhaustive list, but there's some things we need to cover. Because if you're thinking about, okay, I just need to go out into the cafe today and just start going on everyone, that's not what I'm talking about. Or if someone starts going on you, then all right, I've just got to sit there and take that because Nick's just said I have to, all right? 
That's not what I'm talking about. What does burden sharing actually look like? Well, here's what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like, firstly, one-sided emotional vomiting over anyone who will listen. You don't just walk around going, Bleh. you don't look for people like, like they're your prey, like, ooh, who can I vomit over today, right? That's not what burden sharing is all about, all right? We shouldn't have that attitude, nor should people have that of us. It's meant to be a mutual thing, and it's meant to be at an appropriate level and with an appropriate person. Wisdom would say, guys, maybe not doing this with girls, for example, okay? And this burden sharing relationship of friendship is not meant to be replacing your spouse. You're not going, oh, my spouse isn't listening to me, so I'm going to go and talk all my issues through with everyone else. That's not what I'm trying to say here today. There is an appropriateness in burden sharing as well. Secondly, trying to be someone's counsellor, psychologist, pastor or saviour, or trying to make someone be yours who is not qualified for those things. Those people are usually called, qualified, selected, whatever for those particular roles. Let them do those roles. Uh, for us, sometimes the best thing we can do to help people is to guide people into the appropriate uh, places that they can get the assistance they need that matches the burden that they have. Thirdly, yelling, you need to carry my burden at unwilling people. Burden carrying cannot be forced onto someone. If you are like, oh, okay, so Nick's preached this message and now today if I start, you know, trying to share a burden with someone and they don't seem interested, I'm just going to yell at them and say, you're not a good Christian. You're meant to be carrying my burden. Didn't you hear? Paul said. And that's not what it's about. That's not what burden carrying is all about. Fourthly, having to be vulnerable with everyone and be best friends with everyone at church. This is not what burden sharing is all about. It's when Paul's writing this and how we can take this on is he's trying to ensure that this church our church, but the Galatian church, is not just living life alone, that people aren't just coming in and living isolated within this. He wants everyone to be cared for by someone. He wants burdens to be shared mutually by a number of people. That doesn't mean you have to have 100 people that you're taking things on from. So that's some of the ways it doesn't look like. But what does keeping it real with each other actually look like? And to be honest, it's very simple. You can start with engaging in conversation with others in your church family. Maybe you're here today and you've never really put that much effort into trying to get to know someone here. And I want to encourage you, you can't carry burdens from across the room. You can't carry burdens just with a smile. I know there's a lot of things, just be positive, just smile at people, that's lovely, but it doesn't carry a burden. Secondly, going deeper than surface level as appropriate. Letting people into that untidy house section of your life. And that doesn't mean you take them from the doorway to the living room straight away, but it might mean just slowly and appropriately allowing people some room in your life to listen and to help share that burden with you. Genuinely listening and genuinely sharing. I don't know about you, but feeling heard is often one big thing that helps share a burden with me. Sometimes I just want to be heard and I know so many people just want to be heard in return. Fourth, finding practical ways to help. Taking a meal or simply asking, how can I help? Maybe you know someone doesn't need a meal, but maybe it's like, wow, they've got a lot going on in their world. Hey, is there anything I can do to help? And I mean this genuinely. Tell me, is there something that I can do? It's amazing how um, impactful even something like just dropping someone some soup can be at times. And finally, praying for others, praying for each other, especially in your own time. You can do that 
in person, sure, but in your own time, in your private prayer life, being able to remember those people that you've chatted to in prayer, remembering your church family in your prayers. So in other words, keeping it real with the church looks like getting to know each other genuinely, developing mutual, God-honouring friendships. So today I just want to quickly recap. I know it's not a huge message today, but it's just that one point that I really wanted to get across. To fulfil the law of Christ, loving our neighbour, we must carry each other's burdens. And we only get to know each other's burdens if we keep it real with each other. See the link? We need to carry each other's burdens. That's what Paul says to do. But how can I know your burden if I've just got it covered up all the time? If you've got it covered up, if I've got it covered up. We need to know each other genuinely. No pre-clean house approach. It might be messy, as you can see. And then we can keep it real with each other, our church family, by engaging in conversation with one another intentionally, going deeper than surface level, genuinely listening, genuinely sharing, finding practical ways to help one another and praying for each other in person, sure, and in our quiet time as well. And in time, as we do these things, our burdens will be shared and are shared together among many. And what we once carried alone, we now carry together. We now carry together. This morning, maybe, as I said before, you're here and you've brought, you've come in today and you've brought with you a whole bunch of burdens that are kind of in the back of your mind or your heart or whatever. And they're things that you're struggling with. I'm pretty sure many people in this room today might have a heaviness. And what I would encourage you to do is we're going to sing a song together and worship together. And the words of this song are all about Firstly, focusing our attention on Jesus and the fact that he took our ultimate burden of sin on the cross. But if you have a burden that you would like to um, receive help with, you need to share that burden. It's weighing heavy on you today. I would encourage you as we sing this song, would you come to the front, spend some time in prayer just between you and Jesus. And then at the end of the service, whenever that may be, our prayer team's just going to come around you and go, hey, do you want prayer for anything? Do you need help with anything? Do you need something shared today? And you can say, yes, please pray for me and let them know. Or you can just say, no, I'm just happy being here and just communing with God. So I encourage you this morning, let's stand together and we're going to sing, oh, come to the altar. And I ask that, yeah, if you feel this morning that you have a burden that needs sharing, please come to the front, spend some time with Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Port Life Church. If you have any questions, please email info at portlife.org.au. Have a great day.